There may not be a more exciting team in the country to watch than Georgia Southern. Their head coach, Anita Howard, here with us to talk all about how they got that way. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. You guys keep showing up for us. Over 172,000 of you listening in December alone, the way we show up for you six days a week. And, of course, it is not just me. It is the entire incredible team over at The Next, thenexthoops.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces on women's basketball Every single month, go to thenexthoops.com, check out everything that we have to offer. And for $9 a month, $72 a year, you can get all of it sent right to your email inbox. And so when we talk about basketball over at The Next, we tend to get a little nerdy. And so I am more than a little excited to be talking to Anita Howard, the head coach at Georgia Southern, because what the Eagles are doing I'm just going to set the scene, Coach, before uh, we start talking so our listeners understand. I'm going to read out a list of all the teams who play faster than you, okay? And that is the end of the list. It is nobody. And now, and now, here's the list of teams who grab more offensive rebounds than you. Again, end of list. It's so interesting. Two things that really indicate a team that has bought in you're in your fifth season here, correct? Correct. Your teams from day one, you come in, you're top 50 in both those stats, but you've gotten your team and built it to this point. Take me through how you go about doing that. What do you look for and how happy are you with the way they are buying in on these critical parts of the game? Yeah. So, um, anyone that knows me knows I, uh, I love to live life to the fullest. And so I also like to coach uh, to the fullest. I don't want to see a slow brand of basketball. I want an exciting brand of basketball. Um, And to do that, you know, you can't walk the ball up the floor. And so that's one of the the first things we try to implement is our pace of play of how fast we want. We want to play. Of course, in year one, we turned the ball over way too much because we weren't used to that style of play. Um, But then also the rebounding that you touched on to be able to play as fast as we want. We, of course, want more possessions. And so to have more possessions, we want to not give our opponents possessions by turning the ball over, but then also see how many rebounds we can get offensively or defensively. The more times we have the ball, the more shot attempts we get to take. And it is working. It is fascinating to see. So in segment one, uh, folks at home, we're going to be talking about Coach Howard's path to get here in segment two. I'm going to dig deeper into what Georgia Southern's doing and where Georgia Southern is going as well. But, you know, coach, just to start with you, and obviously a distinguished career you have had dating back to your playing days as a three-time defensive player of the year over at Fort Valley State, right on through to 
success at the D2 level, uh, we just had Robin Freilich on who coaches at Michigan yeah. State, you know, a, a, another uh, D2 standout. And, and I just, I, it warms my heart because I, I know the level of basketball that's being played there. I understand the way in which it obviously translates. I wonder whether you felt like it was a harder path to come up through. And again, let's just be clear about it. Like you weren't just coaching in the D2 level, you were crushing it at the D2 level. You took Columbus State to two NCAA Division II championship appearances along with an Elite Eight back in 16-17. So just take me through what you think that path was like for you. Uh, you know, it was it was a challenge. So, but I also wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I, I played Division II basketball and, you know, I coached at the JV level in high school varsity level in high school. I coached the AAU club level. I've done it all. And so I like to see the kind of behind the scenes and the grassroots of, you know, just how uh, players at different levels are, you know, and, and it, I think it's helped me as a coach at this level as well. And so I started out as a D division three head coach at Salem College in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we also turned that program around. And I just love all the levels. You know, I, I don't think I would have enjoyed um, where I am today had I not gone through uh, the different stages of collegiate athletics at the D Division three level, Division two level, HBCUs, PWIs. I've done it all. And I, I think the one I'm able to, to connect with our players, our families, our fans, because I've been through all walks of life. I mean, you got to give a little credit to my family. We're military brats. Um, I'm Air Force brat. And so I've, I've learned to kind of navigate, you know, just being in the military and moving around. But also, I think it's built me into the coach I am today, definitely as a player. You know, a lot of people um, frown on Division Three or Division Two, and everyone wants that big-time Division One scholarship. But there's some really good basketball being played um, at the mid-major level, at the Division Two level, at Division Three level. And so I'm glad you, you talked about Robin Freilich. You know, I remember being at the Elite Eight when, when she was there as well. And it's crazy that our paths are kind of similar. You know, she, she left there, went to Bowling Green, and now is at Michigan State. Um, you know, I think we're doing it the right way. We're not skipping steps. We're enjoying the journey. Basketball is still basketball, regardless of what division you're at. Um, it's just a few more resources, but the game is still the same. No question. I would be remiss not to point out that the Columbus State Lady Cougars also played at an extremely elevated pace when you were there. So again, <laughs> your style has traveled with you without question. But take me through sort of that history and you talked about so much of your travel growing up in that childhood of yours where did you first encounter basketball where did you fall in love with the game for the first time I fell in love with the game in my front yard with my dad <laughs> so uh you know I we had four there's four sisters I have four sisters and one brother and all of us were in some type of sports my dad made sure that uh, we were active. We weren't just sitting around the house being too girly. He wanted us to be active. Um, but then I actually removed, moved from the States, from Germany to the States. We moved to Warner Robins, actually. And I went to Warner Robins Middle School and I was playing in PE. And um, one of the coaches, uh, that coach was like, have you ever played basketball? I said, you know, no, ma'am. And then she said, you should try out for the team. And so I was so scared of like, you know, I Never really thought about it. I've done every sport, played softball, ran track. I was a cheerleader. Um, I never really thought about basketball um, like that. And, you know, I excelled at the middle school level. And then I went to Alfred Eli Beach High School in Savannah. 
that has a, a, a dominant women's basketball program over there under, uh, well, the then coach Ronald Booker. And it's kind of taken off since then. You know, I was a point guard, of course. And so typically your point guards are coaches on the floor anyway. And so I was able to learn the game in a different kind of perspective, being the point guard, you know, everywhere I was at, you know, I was unfortunately not tall enough to be a post, but I thought I was six, five in my head, but I was more like five, 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 four. Um, and then I just, I just love the game of basketball. I loved, you know, the, the journey that it took me on, the places that it took me it was different from, you know, moving around in a military family, like basketball took you, you know, when we played AAU was able to travel meet new people, see different things. And so I call it the gift of the globe. It allowed us to just me to see different things in different ways. And so you graduate with a degree in fine arts. If you're not coaching, what are you doing today? Where do you think you're at? Uh, I mean, I, I love all things creative. Um, so I, I am a, a, an artist at heart, uh, not a starving artist, but an artist at heart. Good. And I, I like I still create right now, but I would do things. I want my own business. I always say I want to be an art director and have my own art firm. And I would have a company and it would be called All Things Creative because I like interior design. I like graphic design. I like fine arts, anything. I like fashion, merchandising and anything that can make it anything creative. And so there's not one kind of um, median that I like to work in. But, you know, basketball to me is an art form. You know, when I got to Georgia Southern, I always say it was a blank canvas for me to try to create this beautiful masterpiece that we've been working on for five years. And so I see the world as a blank canvas. And so you're able to kind of create in all facets of life. Oh, I love that. Well, unfortunately for the art world, you continue to succeed on the coaching side. So they're, they're going to have to do it without you, I guess. But in the meantime, Lots more to talk about uh, with Anita Howard and all things Georgia Southern uh, right after this. But first, I want to let you guys know at home about one of our sponsors today, and that is FanDuel. The NFL regular season is now in its playoffs, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports bar. So they, they have an offer right now. You can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So in other words, you place a $5 bet, you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You can use them on obviously everything from uh, the, the game lines, same game parlays. You can find all the bets you want in the new Explore tab. Just go over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. For listeners at home, the NFL is the thing you can watch when there's no women's basketball on. So we are back <laughs> with Ada Howard here talking in segment two about Georgia Southern, and we can't do it. We can't talk Eagles without talking about Taryn Ward. And so I just to kind of set the stage for Taryn's greatness, Cameron Brink, pretty good ball player, pretty good, you know, 20 and 10, seven times so far this season. Taryn Ward has 12 20 and 10s already so far this year, and again, has grown up in your program, take me through like when you first saw her, what you saw and the way in which she's been able to develop into this superstar. Yeah. Um, you know, 
in this day and age of the transfer portal, you know, most people um, always say, you know, I'm a grandmother, so I have two grandkids. I have to shout them out as well. But we always say this generation is kind of like the microwave generation. You want to put something in and get something out really good. Um, I like to say I rather the Thanksgiving kind of prep where you're up all night prepping things and, and uh, sauteing things and, and making things marinate and some good seasoning. And so when I took over Georgia Southern, I knew, um, you know, they weren't successful before I got here as successful. And I knew I wanted to do things the right way. And so I didn't want a microwavable Thanksgiving meal. I wanted to do things the right way. And so we sought out to try to see what was around um, Statesboro, you know, the talent around Statesboro the, the, in the region, about the 50 mile radius. Mm-hmm. And you get to Jessup, Georgia, that's where Taryn's from. And you see this, this small town country girl that is so shy does not like to talk. It was really difficult trying to recruit her because she didn't want to answer the phone. She didn't want to talk on the phone. She didn't really want to take a visit. You know, she just didn't, she wasn't in the limelight like most athletes that are heavily recruited. But I knew when I saw her, she was a big guard that was doing everything for her team. It's almost like she was taking the ball back out of bounds and inbounding to herself. The point guard, the post player, she could shoot the three, she could shoot the mid range, she could rebound. She was slow, though. And so one thing we talk about, uh, you know, we laugh about as she's a senior this year is her motor coming into college definitely had to change. And so but I said, told myself, my husband actually said, told me, like, you know, babe, if she had the motor, she'd probably be power five. And so I was like, you're right. Let me take her because I know we can get her at Georgia Southern. And she's has not let us down thus far. You know, we talk about her motor and how she's, you know, worked to be a better defender. But her consistency to want to get better every single year, you know, she was a freshman of the year, her first year, um, didn't start her her sophomore year, but she was the sixth woman of the year in the conference her sophomore year. And then she made first team all Sunbelt her junior year. And, and now she's, you know, trying to uh, vouch for that player of the year status in the Sunbelt. And so she's done it the right way. Um, I appreciate, you know, that she didn't jump in the portal and and transfer on us. She will graduate this May with her degree from Georgia Southern. Um, so she's helped me turn around this program with all the other young ladies. Um, and she's done it the right way. She'll get her degree. Um, and hopefully we can keep her again for her fifth COVID year. That's going to be another challenge. But I mean, when seeing a, a small town country girl homegrown right here, helping me turn this program around, you know, you got to appreciate her efforts. And you talk about the radius right around you. And of course you have six players on the roster from the state of Georgia, a lot of people right nearby. When you have those kind of recruiting conversations, how much is it about going back and telling your own story uh, about the way in which you grew into this game? You know, what are kind of your initial ways to be able to make those connections? I'm always so fascinated by that. Yeah, you know, me being a Georgia gal myself, um, it is is a little easier to kind of connect with them. I, you know, I always say I don't like how I sound because I have that Georgia twang a little bit, but you know, they understand it. You know, when I'm talking to their parents, their coaches, you know, it's kind of like a familiarity with them already. Um, you talk about how I stayed here and, and you know played at Fort Valley and and transferred to Armstrong. You know, it's all about putting on for your your state, putting on for your city, um, representing where you're from. I mean, Georgia is in Georgia Southern. And so, you know, we want to try to keep as much talent in Georgia as possible because there is a lot of talent, you know, uh, in in Statesboro, but also in the surrounding cities and the counties across the state of Georgia. And so I tell my 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 coaching staff, like, 
of course, we can get kids from, you know, Texas, which you got to sign in from Texas or Alabama or, or wherever. But we got to make sure we take care of home first. You know, it helps with our fan base. We've been able to, you know, break attendance records because we're, we're recruiting local talent um, where, you know, their families can drive up a couple hours to, to see them play. And it helps with a better, you know, product on the court, you know, where we have more fans in the stands. You want to perform a little bit better. And no question about it. And the performing and maybe this sort of dovetails with what we were talking about before about buying. And, you know, the thing that drives me crazy is you when people talk about defensive stats in terms of per game instead of per possession. You guys are probably the best example of this in the country. You, you allow 68 points per game. Oh, 247th. What a what a terrible number. But you you play as fast as anybody in the country. So, of course, you actually look at defensive points per possession. You're 31st. You go inside the numbers and you look that – you know, teams are shooting below 50% at the rim against you guys. And you guys are top 30, both in steals per 100 and blocks overall as well. So when you think about the defensive principles that you've instituted here, you know, how much does that come back to buy-in? How much does that come back to teams and players who are sticking around and therefore being able to communicate and know where they are on the court. Yeah. Um, a lot. I, I was a defensive player when I played. And so I, I definitely love defense. I, I'm a strong believer that defense wins championships unless you hit a lucky game winner offensive shot. But um, I, I think it's about, you know, at Georgia Southern, we talk about having that true blue spirit, right? Um, that blue collar mentality and roll your sleeves up and get it done mentality and I think that, you know, is one of the reasons I love being a coach here is because that's who I am. You know, you know, I didn't come from no big time power five. I, I was not a professional athlete, um, but I, I did basketball on a, a more um, blue collar mindset type of type of play. I, I love to dive on the floor for loose balls, be excellent at the things that don't take talent. Nancy Lieberman always talks about being excellent at things that don't take talent. And a lot of that stuff does not show up on the stat sheet, you know, 50-50 balls, you know, deflection, things like that. And so I try to bring that to the forefront. Everyone wants to score 20 points and, you know, you know, be in the newspaper or be on ESPN or, or something like that. But to win games, you need those blue collar plays. And so, you know, having our young ladies try to buy into that mindset of, you know, yes, we're going to score points, but what can we do outside of that? The rebounding, the um, the how fast we play, we want to try to score in six seconds or less. How many deflections can we get? How many charges can we take? You know, things like that, things that they necessarily don't want to do originally, but then we enjoy those momentum plays when we're, we're in the game. And so I had to be reminded, reminded myself when we first started, I was like, you know, we're turning the ball over too much. We're allowing people to score over their average. But because like you said, we have so many possessions in a game um, those kind of numbers are skewed because we're giving teams more possessions as well because we're we're shooting so fast, you know. And so I had to understand that myself early on when I was looking at the stats and the analytics of everything. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I still always say we got to be better and do more, but we're giving teams more possessions, so they're probably going to score a little bit more than they're used to because we're not walking the ball up. And I'm okay with that. We're, we are turning the ball over still a little bit more than I want, but we are playing at a fast pace and, and you're going to get that every now and then where a ball might go off your hand, but then we challenge 
our players to save the turnover, right? Can we save the turnover? And so it's all about just rolling our sleeves up, trying to, you know, be blue collar women and, um, you know, doing the gritty things that people don't want to do. It, it shows in every game you play. And I'm excited to talk a little more about that. Of course, the fact that it's all done with purpose, and that's something that comes out clearly as well. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in segment three. But first, I want to let you guys at home know about our sponsor, Prize Pitch. And you guys have heard me talk about Prize Pitch. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's very easy and it's very simple, right? It's you against the numbers. You're not playing against other players. You pick either more or less than between two and six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. You can do it across different sports. They have this thing called the specials league, where you can do combos from players from different sports and leagues. So like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, and it could be a 10 and a half combination of three pointers made and reception. So how do you do it? Go to prizepitch.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Again, prizepitch.com slash locked on NBA code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Prize pitch daily fantasy sports made easy. So back with Anita Howard of Georgia Southern and to talk about with purpose, here's what I mean by that. You have 12 players averaging nine minutes or more per game, and you don't have anybody playing 30 minutes a game. I mean, Taryn Ward, it would be easy. I've seen coaches do it to just say, she didn't play 38 minutes. We're not taking her off the court, right? How are you navigating that to make sure that at the pace you're playing, that you guys are also in a position to be able to wear people down as you get to the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, it's just that, you know, we talk about, you know, playing hard, playing fast, and and, and we our motto is be ready. So you don't have to get ready, you're already ready, right? Um, because if you're in a game and you're playing and pressing and, and going as fast as we, we're trying to go, you should get tired. And when you get tired, you got to be able to trust that, you know, we can sub you out and a new five or a sub can come in and be fresh and do the same thing again for the next two or three minutes until they get tired. And so we do want to try to kind of wear our opponents down. We want to always try to win the fourth quarter, regardless of what the score is. Um, but it, it's just like a marathon, right? You know, if you run a, a marathon with a sprint, you'll probably die out at the end of the game, at the end of the, the, the race. But if you have someone who can sub in, so like a relay, right, with fresh legs, that's kind of what it's like is we want our starters to, to come out with the first swing. We try to score off the tap immediately. Um, and then they give their best. They give their all. And then once I see them breathing a little hard, we get a new five or, or a few subs in to kind of give them a quick breather and go in there and do the exact same thing. And so um, it's a little challenging at times because, you know, you do have a, a scorer like Taryn Ward who – you know, does not want to come out the game, but she understands that, look, I'm going to go in there and play my hardest. And so when I'm tired, I know I have a teammate coming in that's going to do the same thing. And so it also makes, you know, winning better. You know, you don't have, you know, those those young ladies at the end of the bench that, you know, want their opportunity. Um, for the most part, everyone knows they're going to have an opportunity to get in the game. We always say your production 
breeds your minutes, you know? So if you're doing well in, in your two or three minute stint, then those two or three minutes turn into, you know, six to 10 minutes. Those 10 minutes turn into 10 to 15 minutes, um, depending on what you're doing and how you know much you can endure with your endurance out there. But I think it's a fun brand of basketball. You know, you, you're excited for, you know, not just yourself, but you're excited for it for your team. And so it feels like a team win and not just a win for Georgia Southern. It's a, an actual team win. We always say basketball is a team sport. You know, it's not, you know, tennis or singles, something like that, you know, where we want the team to feel like they're all apart in some way, shape or form. It, it makes sense. And again, you know, purely from a strategic point of view, being able to say, come play for me. You're going to play as fast as you want. You are going to have the opportunity if you defend to get out there and you're going to get your opportunities. It seems like you would get not only buy-in, but at a moment where I, I think the number I saw was one in three players entered the transfer portal over the last year, that you have players prepared to stick around and continue with you. I mean, does it? do you feel that? Do you feel that getting back uh, from your team as well, just this sense of belonging? Yeah, you know, when I first got here, um, we, we brought in seven freshmen. And of those seven freshmen, I mean, the majority of them are still here. Uh, I think one, two, six of them are still here. Five of them are still here. Um, and and they're playing really well together. And so, you know, uh, you know, we talk about Taryn Ward, but, you know, we got a freshman in Lydia Freeman. She's a 6'5", dominant post presence on the inside. Who wouldn't want that on their roster? And we've been able to keep her here for four years. My starting point guard, uh, Janiah Lovehill, number 22, you know, she stayed here for her COVID year. So she got her degree and still came back to finish here. And so you talk about, you know, the relationship piece in 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 basketball period, you know, letting our players know how much we care. There's good days and there's bad days, but I, I would like, I would love to think that my players genuinely know how much I care about them and, and they care about the program as just as much. And so, you know, we have little turnover, you know, we, we've been able to graduate, you know, um, all of our young ladies that come through the program outside of one um, who's decided just to start her life early. Um, but all our seniors, I think we have eight seniors graduating this year, um, which is crazy. And so they said, I better cry for every one of them on senior nights. So I don't know how I'm going to be able to coach that game, but I have eight seniors that will be taking the stage in May. And it's just phenomenal to see that, you know, out of the eight, uh, the six have been with me um, for their entire stay. It's true. And, and by the way, just I'm so glad you mentioned Lydia. It's just so much fun to watch her crash the O board. Somebody who's top 100 year in and year out in that stat every year. Maybe you don't see it as much because she's coming off the bench, but you yeah. you look inside the go beyond the total numbers. You go into those rate stats and uh, it is fun. Well, listen, I, I, I have said this on the program before. I will say it again. Sunbelt basketball, the fact that we get to see it on ESPN Plus, make sure you're doing it. Georgia Southern, make sure you're seeing the Eagles. Any chance you get, chance comes tomorrow night against Georgia State should be a really fun one. Uh, and Anita Howard, delighted to be chatting with you. Uh, appreciate your time very much. Uh, to our listeners as well, I just want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. We will be back with you tomorrow as we are six days a week. Until then, I am Howard Meddahl wishing all of you a wonderful day. Ogumba Wallet for the win! Yeah!
You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 